Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by and powered by AdCraft Custom Apparel and Merch. Give them a holler. You heard the uh, you heard the ad read tonight. We've got Brad Griffin from Southwestern, the Mound Builders, uh, getting back into the playoffs for the second consecutive season. Well, coach, it was a it was an, another interesting season in the KCAC. Um, I remember when John and I started this back in oh twenty eighteen ish. The KCAC was effectively Kansas Wesleyan in the field. Um, that is no longer the case in the KCAC, where uh, Bethel pops up um, and and starts really getting getting the, their game face on. Y'all do the same. Uh, Avila does the same now. McPherson is is. Uh, terrorizing people and, and making life difficult and uh, it won't be long before Terry Harrison has has friends going talk to me about the development there in the KCAC and um, what that means for y'all's conference as a whole yeah no question um, you know from from top to bottom I mean there's you know every week it's a tough game um, got great coaches in our in our conference. Um, and, you know, when I got here in 15, um, you know, it, it's, it's really night and day different as far as, um, the competition throughout the league. You know, I came from the mid States and, um, we had played a couple of the KCAC schools and it, quite frankly, it was pretty ugly as far as the, the end result. And, um, I would say. It's uh, like I said, it's it's a complete turnaround within the league. I think the big thing uh, um, we're more competitive nationally with scholarshiping, and so that's made a big difference for us. Um, you know, as personally at Southwestern, but I know um, those schools that you're talking about um, are doing the same thing as far as being able to be competitive and and um, you know get kids to to come to their programs. Um, and you know, and, and you're right. Like in '18, I mean, Kansas Wesleyan did an unbelievable job of, um, you know, not only you know winning a lot of games within our conference, but did a great job representing our conference nationally and won a few games and made it fairly deep in the playoffs. And um, you know, and we've been fortunate the last couple of years to get in, not not necessarily represent deep in the playoffs like we would like, but. Um, you know, and went to Marion and was very competitive a year ago and, you know, had a chance to win that game leading in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, we we're just kind of banged up like this last year, um, going to go play Benedictine. But anyhow, um, you know, Bethel's been great. Obviously, with uh, Coach Harrison going to friends, like you said, they're going to be really, really good here uh, now. <laughs> 
won't take him long. I mean, it didn't take him long at Bethel. Um, be interesting to see what happens at Avila with um, uh, coach leaving there, and um, you know, Max on the rise. You're correct for sure. Um, obviously, K Dub's going to be good every year, and uh, you know, I don't. And we got Evangel coming in over from the um, from the heart, and they'll automatically be. I mean, like they were an eight and three team last year in the heart, and so they'll jump in and and be. Um, I would imagine on the top end of things in our conference, and so no, it's just it's been good. I mean, you you got to show up every week, and um, you know it's it's good football, it really is, and I think we've done a great job of playing outside the conference at times. It's not a ton, but the, the times that we have just within our conference, I think we've done a great job of competing nationally. So it's. It's definitely be interesting to see what happens at the end of this next year. It really will. Uh, last season, you got off to a really fast start. Uh, you know, you, you you start off at Ottawa versus Bethany and at St. Mary, and you're feeling fairly good about yourself at at three and zero. And then you get this uh, a stretch of of toughies the next three, where uh, you win by three against Avila, you win by one against McPherson, and then you um, you drop. An eight-point game to Bethel, and in, in what was just an absolutely phenomenal game. Talk to me about your team bouncing back from those close wins and that loss to to take it down the home stretch and and ultimately uh, earn a playoff bid. Yeah, um, you know, it, there was that right. There was that tough stretch of games. Um, the Avil game could have went either way. Um, honestly, the Mac game could have went either way. Um, you know, they Mac. I don't know how many um, one or two three point games they had. Coach Fistus has done an unbelievable job there, getting those guys in position to win. And and then obviously Bethel. Um, you know, Coach Stokes has done a great job with that team as far as basically changing offenses and then kind of um, you know taking guys that were you know, there to be uh, offensively on a triple option type of scheme. But, um, you know, they're a good football team. They probably, uh, not probably, they should have been in the playoffs. I mean, they were a playoff team, no question. Um, you know, hopefully we, we see a change uh, coming down the road with maybe adding next or expanding the playoffs. We'll see what, you know, after the National Convention here this next weekend, what that looks like. But, um, you know, for our team to, to make it through that stretch and, you know, our thing all year was we were we were really injured. We we played three different quarterbacks. We were out um, our all American receiver all year. Really, our Andre Jones was a kid that um, was you know if, if Keyshawn Jones is not on the team, he's he's your one, and he's out. He gets hurt in the, in the um, St. Mary's game, and he's out the rest of the year. And then Zion Kenner gets hurt in the Bethel game. And, um, and so, and then Luke got hurt after the auto game, um, right at the beginning of the year, Luke Barnes. So, um, you know, Brad has been a great player for us and he was kind of banged up all year, but he, um, you know, was able to, you know, step up and make some plays for us. But anyhow, I mean, the, ultimately it was just next man mentality, next man up mentality. And I think for the most part, we've um, done a good job of recruiting to have depth and, um, you know, that's 
got us through the stretch is our depth. A guy like Josh Edson be able to step up and make plays. And we had a freshman receiver, he, uh, Matt Hofusen from just here in Wichita to come in and, you know, a guy that we were going to redshirt ended up stepping up, making plays. And we were going, winning the K-Dub game with our third string running back, you know, having 150 yards rushing. And, you know, it's just, that's just kind of who our team was is no, you know, don't flinch mentality. And, um, Whoever's out there trusting and believing they're going to, you know, make the play and, and, and do their part. And that's what got us through those, the middle of the season. And then, um, you know, got us through the end to, to be able to, to beat a very, very good Kansas Wesleyan team. And then uh, the other guys in front of those guys that we played, but really just come down to believe and trust in each other more than anything else. And you, you mentioned, Brad Cagle. I, I, at this point, it's it's a running joke with me and John. There are three consi- uh, consistent things in life: death, taxes, and Brad Cagle coming in to beat Kansas Wesleyan. Um, I, I think that's a three-year run now for for Brad. Um, you know, just a, a great um, presence to have there. I know you're going to miss him offensively. Um, you know, you talk about running a three-quarterback system. I, I out of necessity, um, I think if I remember correctly, I think this is the second year in a row you've done that. We and we did talk about it last year. Um, you're you're going to miss Kegel and Barnes this year, but you are bringing back Yam, and um, you, you you've got a couple of folks that you're going to be missing, uh, like Jackie Coleman. But you've got Samara Hunter, who you mentioned going off for 150, basically half the season total there against Kansas Wesleyan. The Martez Jones with um, six touchdowns and a kick return touchdown for you on on the season. Talk to me about how next man up actually can help you the next season uh, when, it, when it comes to filling those holes. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's the, the thing there is, is when those guys get an opportunity to play when they're not expecting to play, um, and you're still, you know, productive and competitive, and that just so those kids, you know, gain so much more experience, you know, playing live reps as opposed to you know being on the practice um, squad or whatever, you know, work teams and stuff like that. So, you know, a guy like Martez, it just took him a little bit to get going. I mean, he's um, a phenomenal football player. Um, he got hurt in our Cato game. If we would have had him in the Benedictine game, that would have been nice to have. He broke his hand, and mm-hmm. as a running back, he kind of, you know, be able to hold on the ball and all that. That was a little rough. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, those like uh, those guys I mentioned, you know, Thomas Sheehan played in the playoff game against Marion and, and, and about won the game for us, you know, a, a couple years ago. And so, you know, that stretch when Luke was down and Brad's hurt, and banged up. Brad got banged up in the MAC game. Um, you know, Thomas was able to win a, a couple games and um, you know, played really good against Bethel. He just missed a few reads. If, if he makes a couple plays there, we, we I think we have a chance to beat those guys as well. But so the, the, you know, especially at quarterback, when you you have you know two or three guys that play for you, um, it just makes it. You know, going into the fall or this spring and going into the fall, at least we've, we've got some experience coming back there, even though we graduate two seniors. Um, so that, that definitely helps. And we'll, we'll have, um, the, the big D Oklahoma, their, their powerhouse and 
there, and he'll be a really good phenomenal player for us, I think, at quarterback. That'll we'll see how his spring goes. But um, and he actually played a little bit, you know, with being able to redshirt after playing, you know, playing a couple games and still redshirt. So even that, you know, got like him got a chance to play a little bit. But it it's just um, leads to um, some experience. You know, next man up it gives you an opportunity to to play and and with you when you get returners coming back that's done that I mean it's just it's gonna make things a little bit better when you lose some good players like a Brad Cagle, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, it, usually when I when I do these and I and I look and and I and I kinda dissect the roster on my on my show notes, I I usually find that you're loop that most teams the overwhelming majority of teams are losing more talent on one side of the ball than the other. And it's going to be a little bit of a struggle until that side of the ball kind of catches up. Um, man, in, in this case, it it's pretty much even all the way, all the way down. Um, you know, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be missing like Hoffman in 400 yards out of your, out of your tight end. Um, you know, you're returning a, a quarterback. You're returning a, a couple of, of running backs, a 500-yard receiver, your, your receiving leader. Um, you're returning a, a D lineman in Shane Rodriguez, a couple linebackers between Josh Carter and, and Cameron Cornelius. Um, talk to me about the just the entire team and competing for those positions. And being able to have so many positions uh, open across the board and not just mainly on one side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it goes back to uh, some people benefited from COVID and some people didn't. And we were one of those teams that, that have. I mean, we've been pretty old. Um, to, you know, guys take advantage of their fifth year, a Drew Smith, a, a Brad Cagle, a Luke Barnes, you know, those guys, um, you know, all the, all Riley Havard, you know, was a really good player for us on defense. And so then um, you kind of, for that, you know, this year, you're like, okay, we've got everybody back. And then, you know, we're sitting here in the thick of recruiting right now and um, you don't have all those guys back. So, goes back to it's nice that we've had some guys play when those guys have been hurt. Um, but, you know, this spring will be interesting. We're, we're going to have about 101 guys here this spring um, competing. Um, I, just, I know that number because I just looked at it when I left work today. Guys coming in, transfers coming in and returners and making sure everybody said we start classes up on Monday. So, um, at the same, you know, it makes it fun too because, you know, we like to compete at practice, and um, our guys, I think that's been a big benefit for us is we've been, we compete throughout the year, and so I think they'll be very excited. Uh, you know, we've got some young guys that have kind of gotten a little bit of their feet wet, and, you know, they kind of see that, hey, if I have a good spring and, you know, I, you know, get a little bit more involved in knowing the offense and the defense and all those things. They they'll have a chance to play, and we've got some good young players. Um, but like I said, the league's got so much better. So you, you know, 
in the end, you can't really worry about anybody else but yourself. But um, I know um, it's going to be it's going to be a very very big challenge uh, for us this next year to to be um, where we've been the last few years for sure. So you you touched on it a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a little bit more into it now. I'm gonna give you a magic wand. And with this magic wand, you have the power to make changes on how teams qualify for the playoffs, um, how uh, how champions are are determined, uh, how you how you make some tiebreakers. Because uh, there, I'm, I'm we both know there was there was a little bit of heartburn this last year on um, you know Bethel being a one loss team left out, you know, and and I've had other coaches sit sit here where you are and tell me that that St. Thomas should have made it. I, I do tend to agree with them on, on that one as well. But, I mean, there's only 16 spots. And with how we're set up, you're always going to have someone with some heartburn. So uh, tell me, what are you doing with your magic wand? Yeah, I mean, I kind of got to be a little bit careful because I'm on the ah. executive committee. So okay. <laughs> what I say and don't talk about or what talk about. But anyhow, um, no, I think – you know, it comes down to money, but if we could expand the playoffs, I mean, to 20 or 24, or, you know, the, the NAIs um, in most sports, I think it's somewhere around, um, I don't know the exact number I should know, but maybe around 20% of schools make the playoffs, you know, in baseball or basketball or whatever. In football right now, we have about 100 football schools that play, you know, that, that participate in football, and we're at 16%, you know, so we're a little bit behind what the NAI's percentage is, if that makes sense, and so I think that would, you know, if you could get it to 20 or to 24, then those other one-loss teams or those teams that are on the bubble would get in, you know, they, you don't have to, I know, again, then there's going to be, well, there's the 20, 20 you know, there's always going to at least, you know, especially in a situation the KCAC where we ended up with a three-way tie and we use a point system. I, I think I like that. At least it's not a, it's not based off the coach's poll or the rankings and it's just who beat who and how about by how much. And I think that's a pretty good system. I don't, there's probably some other tiebreakers that may be better, but it seems to be fairly well for us. I mean, um, but that's what it comes down to. If you had a magic wand, you just expand the, the playoffs. And um, but there's money involved. I mean, the cost of travel and flying team, and all that. I mean, I've, I've sat in on those meetings, and um, you know, and even you know, I know the NAI has done a great job of trying to you know um, reimburse those schools that have paid a lot of money to get the playoffs. At the same time, you know, the, the money's you know they only have so much money to do that with, and so. You know, I know it's cost our school quite a bit extra money for us to make in the playoffs the last few years. You know, money that, you know, that's not in your budget that you don't expect to necessarily spend. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's the that's the ultimate answer, I guess. I don't know if that's the ultimate answer, but that's what you would probably need to do to, to get those teams that are those bubble teams in. I mean, that's, you know, that's really no other way to do it. That I can tell, that I can see. You just, it's just tough when we basically just play within our league. You know, there's not um, a lot of out of conference play, and so 
who's to say who's better between you know Southwestern Avila Bethel, Bethel uh, Texas Wesleyan, um, uh, St. Thomas, you know all those teams that were right there when you don't play in each other's conferences, and so um, you know I think you just got to expand the, the playoffs. Yeah, I. I... That's the only easy answer that I can find, and you know, and 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 I know you're you're probably gonna not be able to say much, and that's fine. I understand. Um, but me sitting there and turning the problem over in my head, if you go to twenty, you by necessity have to have another week of play. Um, any way you slice it, um. And I wonder if the best option there isn't to enforce or um, suggest that all leagues utilize a week zero game um, to, to catch that extra week so you're not getting into Christmas and New Year's with your with your national championship game. You have the bye week before, if that's what you're saying. I couldn't compare here, but oh. you have the bye week national championship oh, right. so you, you have that extra week you just wouldn't have the two week layoff before um if you want to try to keep kind of the same schedule yeah i was also kind of thinking about uh, the week zero game and and highly encouraging all conferences to take advantage of of week zero so because I, I think i like the bye week there um it, it I think it creates a better product for the national championship, giving the coaches a couple of weeks to mm-hmm. to, to go through. Yeah, and you could even look at pushing that game back and maybe not playing it on a Saturday, maybe maybe a Monday night game or something. You know, go ten days instead of fourteen days or something like that. But yeah. well, I think we are going to discuss it this this coming weekend. That's on it's on. Um, you know, one of our topics of discussion, and I think there's been a committee put together and all these things that it's definitely, um, they're looking at it for sure. And, and that's, and that's definitely good to, good to know because, yeah, you know, I, I, I do trust the home office wanting to, to put the, the best product on the field and, and trust the coaches in, in wanting to do the best thing by, by the, the kids and by the schools. One of the other, uh, questions I've kind of been asking everybody. Uh, besides that one, uh, which might be a moot point after next week, who knows? Um, but if you, we we both know, if you're not improving, if you're not getting better, uh, you are falling. You're falling behind. Um, that's just how life is. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a football program or whether it's your own professional development or whether it's your your walk with with Christ. Either way, you're not improving. You're falling behind. Um, so what area of your program, whether it's it's on the field or whether it's something off the field, uh, would you most want to see improvement in, in 2023? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. You know, I think as, you know, coaches and, you know, as, as our staff, you know, we sit down and talk about that very, that very thing a lot, you know, is that, you know, you break down your different areas of, you know, socially and emotionally and physically and all those things that go into an individual um, college student, um, 
and and top of that, an athlete, you know, what what are areas that we can help that individual improve um, to help our team improve? Um, you know, so I think you know, I think you, you you still try to hit all those areas if you can. You know, can we? You know, I think you go and you know, from our experiences of um, just going to playoffs and, and playing against a, an Marion and a Benedictine, um, you know, by, by all means, we don't look the part. Um, our kids are tough and play hard. Um, you know, could, what, what scenario we could prove on there is, hey, maybe we need to um, get in the weight room more or get bigger or stronger you know, or whatever. But um, at the same time, I don't think that's been something that's necessarily got us beat. Um, you know, I think, um, but that's an area that you would say, hey, we gotta we gotta make an improvement in this area. Um, you know, so I, to answer your question specifically, I think you just gotta do a great job of making sure you're covering all your all your areas of you know, what what are the individual needs of, of your student athletes and then uh, making sure that you're good in all those areas and then in the team setting of um the big one is that you know, that that um you know, that brotherhood or whatever you want to call it that for us it's just family of um, how can we grow that part of it the leadership the tightness the bonds all those things I think that will win you more games probably more than anything else so those, that would probably be if there's one thing I would say we would continue to to focus on that part of it you know being disciplined and all those things well coach I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. And uh, I know we look forward to, to seeing the KCAC, the new look, the two-division KCAC coming up this year with, with Evangel added in. And, um, you know, hopefully with two divisions, we, we won't have as much KCAC playoff trauma as we've had the last couple of years. Eh, but you never know. Um, yeah. So thank you for coming on, and we look forward to seeing, seeing you all in 2023. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.